Friend Zoned. I'm Mallory. And I'm Josh. We'd just like to take a moment real quick to thank all of our listeners out there for the, the little success, but success, of our first episode. <laughs> yes, thank you, everyone. We have lots to discuss today, so Josh, should we just dive in to our weekly views? Uh, if you're ready for it, I am too. All right. So after I listened to last week's episode, okay, I held my tongue on something that you said, Josh, and I'm really regretting biting, hold, like, regretting biting my tongue on it because it is an issue that's really close to my heart. Um, so last week when we were talking about step parents and like involving the other parent. I mean, this is something that you and I have different because you're with the female that's typically the primary custody. I'm with the male who's in the minority. However, my situation's a little bit different because the father actively wants to be involved. So Josh, you had said, well, we invite him to come here whenever he wants, which is great. And we get that invitation to some extent as well. Um, But my bone to pick with that is I think that the kids should be welcomed to have as close with the distance as close to 50 50 in both homes. So my bone to pick with that is when the primary parent says, well, you can see him whenever you want, but they have to come, you have to come here. And sometimes that is not feasible for the other parents. So for us being military, it's not feasible all the time. And we really want to show the kids that they have home lives in both homes. And so for that, they need to be here more often. So if it's a four-day weekend, we shouldn't have to come up there and get a hotel and have to buy food and do all of that on top of having the full travel expense and having to pay child support, like, that is just an unnecessary cost when we can meet halfway that's included in child support is travel for the kids. So we should be able to utilize that and have them in their home here. Well, the situation that I'm in is we've offered it and he hasn't even considered the offer. The offer of him going there or him being in Wisconsin? Just in general. Just in general. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So my bone to pick with that is that's something that we're currently battling with custody is that she will only allow us to do more to see them more than what we, you know, that she allows that she'll say, well, if you want to see more, you have to come all the way up here. And again, that's a ton of extra expense. And that's damaging to the kids because they should be able to see their home here more often. Yeah. So that was, I hear you. That's my bone that I'm like, oh, I bit my tongue last week and I can't because we are battling this. 
And it's something that I think is important if you're in that situation to understand those kids need to have both homes fully encouraged. And that means they physically need to be in both of those homes as much as they can. No, I I understand. Um, I guess my thing is, you know, our situations are, are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as far as this goes, I'd love to, you know, dive deeper into it, but I just don't really want to, you know, get that dirty laundry in my family out there just because it, it's yeah. such a sensitive subject. No, and I'm not, I'm not telling you to air your dirty laundry. Oh, no, I'm no, just I, saying I understand that where I, you're coming from completely. That it, yeah, that I think it came across last week that it, that it was just very, oh, you can only, call, you can only steer kid more if you come all the way here where we have a situation where it is possible to meet halfway for a four-day weekend or a long weekend or a school break or something, and that no matter how hard we try, doesn't happen. And so, yeah, like I said, I bit my tongue and I didn't want to, but I got my I got my voice out there about it now. So. Um, Let's move. I got that off my chest. So moving on to our next view. This past weekend, past weekend was Mother's Day. What did you guys do to celebrate, Josh? Well, my aunt's in town, so uh, she took kind of all my family out to dinner on Saturday. It was uh, for Mother's Day and for my grandpa's birthday. So we went to Carmelo's, I think, in Rib Mountain. Shut up. I hate you right now. I didn't have to pay for any of it. I hate you. I freaking love Carmelo's. Their portobello mushroom ravioli. Oh my gosh. It's to die for it. Like their red sauce. I just want to take a bath in it. It's so good. You are very, very weird. <laughs> I love pasta. Yeah. Um, I know it was, it was pretty good. I mean, it was expensive. I'm just glad yeah. I didn't have to pay for any yeah. of it. But it's so good. What did you have? Uh, some seafood pasta thing. Mm. Yeah, I like to eat animals. Sorry, Mallory. I eat animals too. I actually eat a lot of fish, and I had some shrimp this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah, for Mother's Day, Matthew took me on Saturday because he had to go back to work Sunday so Saturday he took me to Indian in Franklin and it was so good hey at least you're actually eating meat well he had you and I are gonna fight about this next week our next week topic is gonna be about gut health I heads up don't eat most meat because I physically can't, yes, Josh is an asshole to me about it all the time. Um, but yes, I did have some of Matthew's shrimp. I have paneer instead of for my protein, but um, I did eat some shrimp and it was really good. Oh, that's good. Since I had a pretty good Mother's Day too. Yeah, I got, uh, yeah, like I said, Matthew took me to do that. And then I got to talk to the kids on FaceTime on Sunday. So that was awesome. And I sent my mom a Mother's Day bracelet. So she was really happy about it. 
Well, that's good. Um, well, I guess we can get into something that I think we're both pretty passionate about. This is a PetSmart incident, the pit bull. Yes, this week they didn't let... It was like a little puppy that they didn't let in to a public PetSmart party. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I saw something on Facebook today. Uh, this person posted up that they go on Craigslist to find pit bulls so that they can kill them. Oh, my God. Well, it was a big thing in Tennessee about a month or two months ago that people were stealing dogs, like, in the backyard. If they saw a dog in somebody's backyard that looked like an aggressive, I'm using air quotes, aggressive breed like a pit bull, they would steal them and they found like 150 dogs in this like trailer thing that they were using for fighting. Yeah, it's just, it's unreal. And the thing that really bothers me is people don't understand that dogs like chihuahuas are way more aggressive. Yes, chihuahuas are like the most aggressive breed, apparently, like for the last year's statistics. And yeah, but pit bulls test in the top temperament dog, they test at like 68%. And yet they get the bad rap. It, like, the Tennessee thing scared me and Matthew because, obviously, I have Nala, and she is not a pit bull, but because for her breed and her allergies, she's small. So people sometimes assume that's what she is. Well, she's a bully breed, right, of some kind? Yeah, so she is half American Bulldog and then half Boxer. Yeah, so, I mean, that, those are two dogs that people automatically go, oh, they're aggressive and they're going to bite my kids. Right. right. Um, and so Nala is the most kind-hearted dog in the world and it does not have a fighting bone in her body unless she thinks I'm being attacked, then I fully think that she would. She's but kind of a wuss. other than that, yeah, other than that, she's a total wuss. And so Matthew had to go and get, like, new locks for our backyard. He was like, nobody has taken her. Like, And then we would we have been, like, before, we would just let her go out in our backyard because it was fenced and locked in. But now we watch her the whole time because you never know. Well, my, my last little thing on here is the pit bull issue is not a dog breed issue. It's a dog owner issue. Owner issue. Hundred percent. You can make any dog mean. You can make any dog nice. It just depends on how you raise it. Exactly. It's and that's and for PetSmart, like to say, well, your dog can't come in, but she can go in and buy food from them and feed it to that breed. That's okay. Like, no, that's that's how you lose customers. Yeah, I I hope that she pursued legal action on it because it's complete discrimination. Yeah, I mean, it's this the stuff with pit bulls is just we could go on for hours and hours on it. But 
I, I just think that people need to start understanding that they're actually one of the better breeds of dogs out there. The only reason I oh. don't have one is because I can't afford one. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I actually wrote a dissertation on it this year about um, breed-specific legislation and how it shouldn't be in place because it's it's up it, it's completely owners. It's up to the dog. And most of the time when they find these dogs in fighting situations, they don't want to fight. Yeah, exactly. And they can be rehabilitated to family homes after they're removed from that dangerous situation. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we rambled on enough about our pit On about that. I know. We're pro pit bulls. So um, our last topic for our weekly views, as we mentioned in our teaser, we're going to be discussing some films. So if you all have a film you would like us to review, please send in your listener suggestions. Yeah. uh, Well, this week we decided to uh, watch that Rachel Dolezal documentary, The Rachel Divide. If you guys don't know what that is, um, it's that lady from, I believe... Uh, Washington State, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, she was uh, head of uh, NAACP in, uh, I'm sorry. In her town. Yeah, Yeah. in her town, basically. Uh, And she was pretending to be white, or she thinks that she... No, she Black, black, sorry. She uh, thinks that she's black. And it's it's a very, very, very crazy story. And... yeah, I mean, after watching right. this. Let's huh? get into it. The big thing, the identity issue. Oh, she yeah. She identifies as black. You're missing the point of it. She identifies as black. Okay. See, social justice warrior correction. <laughs> no, I understand. I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's really just a crazy story. And after watching it. The only people I really feel sorry for is their kids. I have a different view on it. Um, so first of all, getting to the identity issue, where do we draw the line? Because everybody is up in arms about her and saying like, no, she can't identify as an African-American person. However, we have people that are identifying as different genders, different, you know, religions, even if you are born into a Catholic household and you don't feel that's right. So you go and become, you know, Jewish and you go through that whole ritual and or ceremony or whatever they call it. I don't even know. But um if you transition into a different religion, then you identify as a different religion than what you were, you know? So there are so many different things with sexuality, race, gender, and where, where do we cut it off? Where is it okay to say that, yeah, it's okay to identify as a different sex, but it's not okay to identify as a different race. Yeah. I mean, race is just such a, such a tough, tough uh, such a tough subject in our society. You know, you see a white woman who is uh, going up the ranks of the NAACP, you know, and you find out that she's been identifying as a black woman. 
you know, that could definitely ruffle some feathers on, you know, on the other side. It's, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to, to really side with her in a lot of this stuff. But after watching the movie, you see that she got abused a lot as a child. Well, okay. So first of all, like I get that people are angry because she flat out lied. Like most of the time when people are transgender or, you know, they're identifying as something different, they're like, for the most part in my experience, people are pretty open. Like I'm trans and transgender before it comes to an uncomfortable situation, but she lied flat out. Like she falsified her documentation. Um, so I get that people are angry because she lied. I do not think that she should have done that. Do I think that she could have went in there to the NAACP and said, Hey, I identify as an African-American woman. I've raised African-American children. I have African-American siblings. Absolutely. There was a right way to do that, and she didn't do it the right way. Well, and there's another thing with that, too. From what I gathered from the people that I talked to in the documentary, she if she would have went in there and said, I identify as an African-American, I don't even think they would accept that. Would... What I think they want is, I understand your struggle because I see it in my own life with my siblings and my kids and, you know, any of the significant others that I had. You don't have to be black to understand the struggles that they go through. You can see it with your own eyes. And I think the biggest thing is she was, she, she seems like she's addicted to the fame of it. That's what I've yes. gathered from it. She's very much like taking this and just running with it. And yes. that's where the problem lies in this. It is it is very, very hard to side with her. She did a lot of very, very good things for the community. But at the same time, she's using that as a platform to get her name out there for like this book that she wrote and all this other stuff. And it's just... It's very, very, very hard to side with her. And she went on every single talk show out there. And, yeah, she didn't stop, even when her kids were like, no, this is probably not good for you to go on another talk show. She just kept it up. Yeah. So I I get that. Um, But she does talk about her issues with her parents and her biological brother. Um. And she does talk about disassociation, which is a mental health issue that I don't think gets spoken about a lot. Um, That is something I'm familiar with because of my stepson. Um, So I do understand how the abuse that her biological parents and biological brother put her through would make her mind go into a place similar of her siblings that were of African descent to relate to them. I understand the mental health aspect of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just sad because you see somebody who has so much potential to do so much good in the community 
and she's squandering it to try to be famous. And you could even see it with her kids at the end of the movie when they're talking to him, especially the younger one. He's sitting there basically in tears going, I just wish she would stop. I wish she would stop. Let's just be mm-hmm. normal. I can't even go to certain places because they know who I am. And that's that's really sad that she has to bring that on her children. Right. And I do want to let all of our listeners know if you guys want to watch um, the film that we're reviewing, The Rachel Divide, it is available on Netflix. Um, but the last part, Josh, yeah, you mentioned she did do a lot of good for her community. And so that'll kind of transition us into our topic this week of Me Too. And my starting point with our Me Too conversation is if somebody that is done some kind of social, I guess, wrong or injustice of either, you know, lying about their race or doing something wrong, like has come with this Me Too movement, at what point do we say we're going to erase all of the good that you did because of the bad that you did? Where does the line go that one outweighs the other? Well, here's my theory on that. Let's let's go back to what we talked about last week with the Bill Cosby thing. In okay. my in my opinion, and no matter what he did in his personal life, Bill Cosby is probably one of the best stand-up comedians in the history of the business. Now, is his legacy completely tainted from what he did? Of course. But you cannot take away the good that he did do. It's it's like you said, it's a very, very thin line and we have to we have to be able to go, hey, yeah, he's a scumbag and what he did was wrong and he deserves to go to jail and he deserves to be punished. But he also did do a lot of good things. Right. And you have to look at how it impacts other people. So with Kevin Spacey, when they completely like shut down House of Cards until they figured out what they were going to do, that's impacting so many other people's incomes and livelihood over Kevin Spacey's one action. Or you look at Louis C.K. and they completely pulled what was it called? I love you, Daddy. Yeah, they everything that he was on FX, anything on Netflix, yeah. Hulu, everything got yanked. Which, but is, you have to think all those people that were in that film. There were so many famous people in there, and their work is essentially uncredited now. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing, like we said last week, I think Louis C.K. is going to be the only one that bounces back from this because he is a comedian. And everybody knows that what happened is was consensual. But reason I why I get that, but there are people other than Louis C.K. If you look back in history, look at President John F. Kennedy. Like he was a womanizer, and we know that he had many affairs, and there are thoughts of those being non-consensual. But he was a great president. Are we going to say, well, we're going to take back walking on the moon because Kennedy contributed to that, but he was a D-bag in his personal life. 
where does that line draw? Personally, for me, I don't even care about the line between them. If you're a scumbag, you're a scumbag. But if you did something good, then you did something good. That means that you weren't a complete scumbag. But then from the entertainment aspect, how are they going to employ you again? Oh, Kevin Spacey, Ke- you know? Kevin Spacey's career is done. And di- I know. And then I have to look at it and I'm like, okay, American Beauty is one of my all-time favorite movies. I can recite it word for word. I it's re- it's really, love it. It's really creepy now, isn't it? It's not, though. Because Cause it's not a dude. Gave- he gave an am- amazing performance. He was phenomenal in it. Oh, 100%. I respect his craft. Do I respect him anymore as a person? Not by a long shot. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing with, like, Kevin Spacey and, you know, Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. Well, okay, I'll get into Harvey Weinstein here in a second. But okay. the other two, you know, they... They really took advantage of the situation. One of them drugged somebody, or actually, from what we know, at least 50 people. And the other one took advantage of an underage child, basically. Mm-hmm. And th- your careers are done. You're not ever going to be in entertainment again. You're not ever going to be on TV again. And that's the way it should be. That punishment yeah. is worse than jail. Yeah, and you can't, like, as an employer, as a film studio, you can't employ Kevin Spacey, employ all of your other employees that are on that set at risk. You just can't. But Louis C.K. is different because those women consented. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the Louis C.K. thing is just an absolute disgusting display of this whole, like, taking advantage of this Me Too movement. He, he, this is where women need to be held accountable. Exactly, 100%. I think as far as all of like the the rapes that get called out or, you know, get reported, I wonder how many of them are actually real or how many yeah. of them are just women trying to get back at their exes. Trying to get back at their exes, trying to get into that limelight for a minute and it was to a point that we would say like oh, i don't even want to look at the news in the morning because we knew another one of our favorite actors would be accused of something yeah and it was to the point that i think the press was just eating up and listening to whoever would say any any kind of accusation yeah i mean it's it's gross. I mean, even what Louis C.K. did. I mean, it's a little gross. But I, it was all, as a woman, do not think it's gross. But, if he asked and they consented, fuck those women. Like, you have the right to say yes or no. And, and it, it's also kind of funny. Because, I mean, you look at Louis C.K. and you just think about that. And it's like, come on, man. What do you mean? He's, he's kind of a gross dude. No. He is my number two. He's he's kind of a gross dude. He is so smart, and but he's when fr- I was single, I would have totally done it. But he's totally one of the most hilarious comedians ever. And brilliant. The man writes everything, directs everything, stars in everything, edits everything. He is a brilliant mind in our entertainment industry. He really is. And 
my biggest thing is these women need to be held accountable. If you said yes, fucking own that shit. You said yes. You have no right to complain about it. Now, it is our responsibility as women to use our voice. If our voices are not heard or respected, absolutely, that needs to be reported. But if your voice said yes, I don't care that you say, oh, uh, he was taking advantage of my situation. No, you were taking advantage of his situation that he had something you wanted and that was fame well this is a very very good segue into everybody's favorite movie producer mr harvey weinstein (laughs) now i as you probably all know that are listening to this i am a huge kevin smith fanboy and it was all because of harvey weinstein Mm -hmm. now uh do I appreciate the art that he's given us in the past? Of course. Do I think what he did was fucked up and gross? Yes. But a lot of these women did not need to go through with what they did. And it has been known in Hollywood for I don't know how long. You hear all these stories coming out now of, oh yeah, we knew about that. Yeah, we knew about that. You don't go up to Harvey Weinstein's hotel room. Why go up there then? Why put yourself in that position? There are plenty of successful actresses that have said, I specifically have not worked with him because of what I've heard. And I wasn't going to put myself in that situation. We all need to do that. Yeah. I mean, and you got to think he'll say, oh, if you tell anybody, I'm going to ruin your career. Well, that's not that's not real life. If somebody sexually assaults you like that, I mean, even even if he's not even touching you, if he just comes out naked like you would do and jerk off into a plant for some reason, that's weird. <laughs> that but, is weird. Um, you know why? Why is he the one hundred percent monster in this situation? Granted, he was using his power to get what he wanted. But a lot of these women knew what they were getting into. I'm not saying it's right. Not in any means necessary am I saying that this is right. But a lot of these situations could have been avoided. Yeah, it's it's not right. But it's... It's not right. And I don't know how to express this enough that we need to be able to take responsibility for our own actions. If you chose to go up to that room knowing that that was possibly going to happen, then take somebody you felt comfortable with, preferably probably the opposite sex, with you to avoid that situation. You can take precautionary measures. Well, the one the one thing that nobody's really talking about and the people that are really to blame is all the people working around him because they all knew. Right. And they aided in that. Yeah. There's a lot of, there was a clause. I don't know exactly what it is. I'd have to look it up and, you know, figure out exactly, but there was some clause in his contract that basically gave him, uh, like payouts to these women, for accusations 
something along those lines to basically cover his ass for what he was doing. And if you're going to tell me that the rest of the people around him did not know what was going on when that's out there, that's a joke. What he did was scummy and wrong, but what they did was even worse because they allowed it to go on and they Mm -hmm. did nothing. They said nothing because they thought he's one of the most powerful men, if not the most powerful man in Hollywood, and my career will be over. But if enough people would have got together and said, hey, this is what's going on. This is what he's doing. We don't want anything to do with this guy. We want him out of the system. We want him gone and we want him to stop torturing these women. They could have done that, but they decided not to. Right. And it's part of speaking up. And I think now we're seeing the damage to our society of having not spoken up. Like having not had full conversations with beginning with our children about sex and what's okay and what's comfortable and what's consent. And now that it's busting at the seams and everybody is getting accused of something. Now it's our role to completely educate our youth. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it all starts with the kids. You, you have to, you have to let them know what the real world is like. You can't shelter on. Yeah. It, I don't care if you're a parent and you're uncomfortable or this is a taboo subject. No, you are putting your child at risk then by not fully explaining everything to them. I believe as a parent, we need to explain sex and our organs, sexual organs and all of that to our children at a younger age. And then we get to a point of, okay, well, Sex doesn't make you a man or make you a woman, but, you know, sometimes sex is for hooking up and it's fun. And sometimes it's because you love somebody, but it's never okay to have sex if you are not consenting. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's... Or a cheat, like, or... If the other person doesn't consent, that does not allow you to move forward. I think we really need to, we're at a time that we really need to be stressing that to our youth. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is such a tough subject to really talk about, especially now, like, we're just hearing about it constantly, every single day. Who's the next one that comes out and says something about this guy? And, you know... At this point, can we really believe all of them? No, and I don't think we can. And I think as a woman, I have seen the other side and women women take advantage of being a woman. And how many news cases have we seen now that it comes out that, oh, yeah, this guy went to jail for years because this girl cried rape and it turns out it wasn't true. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is so hard to be a man when it comes to situations like that, because we have zero power. If somebody cries rape, that's it. We we have zero power. Right. And I think that it's a time that we, I think that as much good as the Me Too movement did to 
the people that actually were abused, that yes, their time has come and they've been able to speak out, but it has also done damage in that women have taken advantage of it and have chosen to use this time of everybody believing to just accuse anybody that they don't like. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to talk about as a guy because, you know, there has been situations where people have said things to people around me that of things that I've done that didn't happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, and this was a long time ago and, and still to this day it gets brought up and I have to defend myself. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? I know. And it was, Matthew was yeah. And, and it was because of a girl that I was kind of seeing a little bit and it didn't work out. And that was her way of getting back at me. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad that it has to be that way. And like I said, I have to defend myself instead of people asking me, hey, did you really do this? It's more of, hey, did you hear what he did? Like, that's not, that's not right. Right. We cannot just believe. And I've, I've struggled with that because as a woman, I'm, I think of it in my point of view that I would never accuse somebody of that, that, that did not happen because I understand that that is a huge negative impact on their life. They're not going to bounce back from that. And I don't think that's right. I think that that's violating my own self by making something up like that. So I have a hard time believing anybody as a woman would do that, but then I've seen it. Yeah. So. Well, I, I don't know. The the thing we got to we gotta start doing is, is start, like you said, holding people accountable for the things that they say. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to... We have to get evidence. You have to be innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent. That's not how right. that's not how our society works. At least that's on paper how our society shouldn't work. But that's right. how it is. You know, you're guilty until proven innocent. And a lot of times nobody wants to believe that you're innocent, so you'll never be innocent. Right. I mean, look at how many, like I said, actors that we've lost in the last couple months that we haven't heard anything about again because nobody wants to cover that story. It was just, oh, add him to the list of the Me Too movement and we're banning him for life. Yeah. Now, But nobody is thoroughly investigating. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I just want to throw this out there to all you who are listening. We are not advocating rape or anything like that this it it may seem like it from kind of how we're talking but what these people did was wrong no matter what we're just trying to get to the point of you know this is an accountability issue for everybody Mm -hmm. and we have to movement got blown up it got too blown up into the wrongs and not into the accountability of the individual situations it just took the people as wrong as a whole yeah i mean it's a lot of people looking for their 15 minutes of fame which is hurting the actual victims 
And it's hurting other people as well. Like I said, to completely shut down a set is affecting hundreds, hundreds of people and all over one person that you haven't even looked into this yet. So you don't know if it's completely accurate. Yeah, it's a lot of he said, she said, or he said, he said in the case of uh, Kevin Spacey. Right, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that now is definitely again the time to speak to our youth about it and again as a woman your body is your temple and as men or women or whatever you identify as sex is never okay if the other person doesn't consent and it's never okay if you don't consent it has to be a two or three or however many you want to involve, everybody's got to say yes. And it needs to be crystal clear. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, I, I kind of like uh, what South Park had been doing with the, you know, PC principle and everything. And, you know, that one scene in the, uh, in their um, frat house and they're like all getting consent forms and stuff. And yeah. it's like, are we really going to have to get to that point? Is casual sex just not an option anymore? Like, is this is this what our society is going to come down to where you have to have something written down saying, I consent to this so that you can cover your own ass? Honestly, the way our society is going is this is going to get us into a different topic, but... I don't even know anymore because, yeah, when I was in college, like, I had casual sex and it was fine and but I also didn't have a space safe space in my university so not everybody got easily offended on everything as what's happening right now I and you know again this is going to go back to our kids we need to stop raising a generation of pussies <laughs> essentially yeah. I mean that's really what it's coming down to you don't need participation trophies. You don't need all this stuff. You need to be held accountable for your actions, know what's right and wrong, and know when to win or lose. And, you know, this is this is something that we all need to do as parents. Right. And we need to explain to our children that people are going to be different from you, and that is okay. I don't care that you're offended because he has a different view than you do. Guess what? That's what our country is based upon. Democrats and Republicans. Like, we're always going to have different views unless we're the freaking machine people in across the universe. We're all going to be different. And that is what we need to just accept. If everybody says, I want people to accept me that I'm different than I'm trans or that I identify as this or this. Okay. But then you have to, I, I accept that they're going to have different, other people are going to have different views than you. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, this is, you know, this is something we can just ramble on for hours and hours and hours about it. it you know, just bring your kids up, right. And always say yes. When somebody's trying <laughs> Don't to have sex. Don't always say <laughs> Don't always say yes. You know what I you know what I mean. <laughs> so your body is your temple and say yes to people that you want to get it in. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so Louis C.K., when I was single, you would have totally had a hell fucking yes from me. 
He's fat. I don't care what you say. Uh, wow. I'm sure you'd okay. like to hear that. Well, I maybe not right now, but you know. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll end how we always do uh, with our roses and thorns, something good and bad of the week. So, Josh, what are yours this week? Well, I guess I'll start with uh, something good that happened. I finally got signed up for college again. Which yeah, is, where are you going? I'm just going back to NTC. Gonna go for video production. Gonna try okay. to make pretend for the rest of my life because I'm still awesome. Peter Pan on the inside. <laughs> yeah, don't look at go me ahead. like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't. Know, nothing really bad has happened this week. To be honest no? with you, That's it's good. been a pretty good week. Good. No thorns. That's My good. aunt's in town. You know, started gonna be starting school soon. Can't really complain. And that's rare for me. <laughs> that is really rare. Everybody, mark it on your calendar. We're proud of you today, Josh. Well, what about you? Uh... Um, so my thorn for the week is that since Matthew was gone, I like completely binge watch Jane the Virgin, and I got all. Through all four seasons and the end of season four, like spoiler alert, huge cliffhanger. And my thorn is that I really want season five right now. And it's canceled. <laughs> no, they got renewed for season five, but I think season five is the last one. Oh, man. I was hoping I could see some pain in your eyes. No, I would never get over that. It's so good. Like, it's the craziest show because kind of like a telenovela, but it's awesome. Um, and my rose for the week is that Matthew got his assignment for the next three years, and we are going to be in Tennessee for the next three years, um, which also kind of brings me to another thorn because now we're in this weird house hunting phase, and it's nothing like house hunters. HGTV lied to me. Well, yeah, I mean, those shows are so scripted. <laughs> well, yeah, like, it annoys me watching them, and people are like, I don't want to buy this house because of the paint color on the wall. Like, you're really going to give up a house over a $40 gallon of paint? Come on. Yeah, those people are ridiculous. Yeah, so we started our house hunt on Saturday. Um, yeah, but I'm just very happy to be staying in Tennessee. I love it here. I don't ever want to go back to Wisconsin, so. Oh, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> I want to bring the snow down to you when it comes again. No. Just take a truck full of it. Just dump it in your lawn. But you guys have better weather than we do right now. Like, ours is like 85 in the morning. It's crazy hot. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. All right, well, I guess we're going to have to wrap this one up this week. Just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in you know click the subscribe button share with all your friends and if you like the music at the beginning uh it's 20 watt tombstone their music is available for download on itunes and spotify big thanks to them for letting us use their music yeah i get to see him this week oh so yeah <laughs> all right thanks everybody and thank you